of the Cover Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Week six is officially wrapped up, and if I'm being honest, not a great slate of games. A lot of blowouts, a lot of sloppy, sloppy football, and we will get into all of that, starting with last night's game, because my god, you want to talk about sloppy football? Just look at those two teams right there. Um... Yeah, we will get into the uh, Week 6 recap very shortly. Uh, Before we do that, though, uh, I got one note for the uh, NFL Weekly Update coming up here. It is official that uh, in 2028, the Summer Olympics will uh, have flag football as an event. I think 2028 is in L.A., I believe. Either way... uh, This is huge for football on a global scale. Yes, it is flag football, but this is going to get many more nations and countries involved in football, just in general. I'm very excited. I know Tyreek Hill has been a big advocate of getting flag football uh, in the Olympics, and he wants to play. Now, I doubt the NFL actually lets any of the... NFL guys go play in the summer right before training camp. Just, I mean, with injuries and everything, I mean, we will see. Flag, however, is a much, much, much different game from standard tackle football, I guess. Uh, Lots of different rules and things. Like, you can't jump. You can't jump in flag football, which is something that, as someone who plays flag football... uh, it's funny being on teams where a guy does like a jump cut and he gets a flag for it and he complains. He's like, what do you mean I didn't jump? And it's like, you quite literally, your feet cannot leave the ground or it can be like two inches above the ground. But I am very interested to see how this looks. I'm interested to see, obviously, the states should be the very, very heavy favorite to witness, but... Uh, let's see what the other countries can do. I know flag is becoming more of like an international thing, so I'm interested to see what some of these uh, other teams look like. Uh, back to the Tyree Kill point, though. I am interested if... So 2028, he's got two years left on his deal, I believe. Three years. I should know that. But uh, he said that at the end of this contract, he's considering retirement. Uh which, fair enough, but if nothing happens to Tyree Kill injury-wise, uh, I'm all for Tyree Kill playing out that 2027-28 season and then go into the Olympics for flag football because I would love to see anyone try to cover Tyreek in open space. Uh, it would be fun. It would be fun. Uh, let's get into the week six recap again starting with that horrendous game that we watched last night Cowboys 20 Chargers 17 um I said before the game where whatever team loses this should just fire their coach uh and would Brandon Staley came out as the big loser on the night uh Mike McCarthy really tried to outdo him. 
in a couple moments, but uh, I guess since the Cowboys won, let's talk about the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys defense did its job, did its job after getting absolutely embarrassed by the Niners the week before. Uh, They looked fine, and I mean, it helped that Austin Eckler could not rush anything. Justin Herbert was not good. Missed Keenan Allen a couple times wide open. Um, Good performance by the Cowboys defense, but I feel like that's a typical thing that we usually see out of the Cowboys. The Cowboys offense, though, man, you're playing a Chargers defense who's allowing almost 25 points per game, and this is the performance we get. I just don't get it. I don't understand how the play calling is so bad. CeeDee Lamb had a great great performance, only... I think he had seven seven catches for 117 yards. However, he only had seven targets on the game. CeeDee Lamb should be getting double-digit targets almost every single game that he is in. I don't know why he isn't. Uh, and that's just another issue that I have with this play calling. Uh, another massive issue with the play calling. <laughs> Mike McCarthy, end of the half. Uh, they get it deep in. I think they were on like the Chargers eight, or there was eight seconds left. They were in the they were in the red zone. Eight seconds left. Two timeouts. Uh, Big Dumbozo calls a timeout, but instead of clocking it at eight seconds and giving them another chance at the end zone, uh, he goes to the ref and he's like, "No, let's let's run the clock down to three seconds so they could just kick a field goal." Just Baby, I don't, it's not good football. No coach should be doing that. Everything tells you, yeah, you have one more shot at the end zone, go for the end zone, and then you play, and then you go for the kick. It's just, it's playing way too safe, way too conservative, and that's not how things should be called in the NFL. I don't know why he doesn't have faith in his $40 million quarterback and this fairly strong offensive line and a guy like C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks is finally getting involved, but instead of, you know, having him run deep routes and posts and corners and really taking the top off that defense, no, he's running comebacks and curls and things that Brandon Cooks shouldn't really be doing. Uh, at Cowboys, I just, I don't get it. Like, and this is why, I mean, I'll say it for both of these teams. Watching that game last night is the exact reason why neither of these teams are true contenders this year. The Cowboys, I mean, the offensive play calling, the offense just in general is not very good. I think right now, honestly, they probably have a bottom 10 offense. Um, The defense is fantastic, but the defense can only take you so far. Um, And then for the Chargers, it's the opposite. You have a defensive coach whose defense is ass if we're really being honest uh and you bring in kellen moore who i kind of liked uh i i thought it was a decent hire and the offense just looks the same more or less it's justin herbert not taking deep shots downfield and i don't know if guys aren't getting open deep or if he's just scared to hit deep shots and fit it into those tight windows. 
I don't know. I'm not really blaming Justin Herbert. There's a lot to really dissect there, but let's get into the Chargers. Um, yeah, Brandon Staley should lose his job. This has been a thing that should have happened at the end of that Jags playoff game. Um, I don't get it. I, I truly don't. The Chargers should just be much, much better than what they are. Like, they got a team, I mean... Justin Herbert, very good quarterback. Keenan Allen, unreal. Austin Eckler, very good running back. The offensive line is better than it's been in ages for them. And then you got, like, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, uh, Eric Kendricks, Derwin James. Like, they have players. They have players up and down this roster, and it doesn't matter because every single year the Chargers find new and crazy ways to just lose football games. Um... And I think that is that is the big difference between how I view someone like Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen, who Justin Herbert has the characteristics and traits of those guys. Somewhat mobile, mobile obviously Josh Allen is much more mobile than all of those guys, but either way, is mobile enough, has a crazy arm, soup, like very good arm talent, but just when it matters most... He doesn't deliver. Uh, He's had three chances this season to go down the field and win a game. uh, And just, he failed again last night. uh, I'm trying to remember what the stat is. I think Justin Herbert now for his career has 13 interceptions in the fourth quarter. uh, Being down by one score. That's five more than any other quarterback in that span. And this isn't me trying to be negative on Justin Herbert. Yes, was he ap- he was not good yesterday, and I think objectively we can all agree on that. Uh, but he's like he's a very good quarterback. I just don't think he will ever be one of these truly elite guys, and that's fine. You can win with a quarterback like Justin Herbert. Of course you can. A lot, a lot needs to get fixed around it, but just what a bad... I'm expecting, like, these are two teams that should be in the playoffs, should be competing, should be a tough win, and it's just... Cowboys offense is bad. Chargers defense is bad. The offense still looks like it has issues. And, oh, last Chargers note, Quinton Johnson, man. I He has less than 40 yards so far on the season. And I thought going into the year where I was like, okay, well... He's in a crowded wide receiver room. He's clearly wide receiver three going into the year, maybe four, definitely. I mean, he's probably lower than that now. But then an injury like uh, an injury to Mike Williams happens. Mike Williams is out for the season. QJ and Mike Williams, very similar builds, very similar types type of players. And that should have been it. That should have been boom. Quinn Johnson, you're getting all the reps now. Let's let's see what you can do. Uh he hasn't even been involved. Josh Palmer has taken over that wide receiver two spot. He's looked pretty damn good. Um, but just not a good look for your first round rookie to just not be involved in the offense whatsoever, especially when this team looks like it needs pass catchers that aren't named Keenan Allen. Uh, Allen is also still unbelievable, borderline top 10 receiver. He's in top 10 conversation anyways. I think that most people can agree on that. Uh, 
yeah, these are just two teams that won't do anything this year. And I can confidently say that I have no faith in the Cowboys or Chargers making any kind of drastic postseason run. Um, yeah, I think that'll do it. Let's go all the way back to uh, Thursday Night Football, Broncos at Chiefs. Uh, this should have been a runaway game for the Chiefs, if we're really being honest. I mean, we know the Broncos have one of the worst defenses in football. They're currently allowing 33.3 points per game. Um, and the Chiefs only muster or only managed to put up 19. Not great. Not great whatsoever. Uh, this Chiefs offense isn't very good. I think I think we can easily say that. They have not looked great all season so far. Their defense is the real winner on this team right now. They have the defense has kept them active and in games basically every single week so far. I mean, if the Chiefs had any other defense that they've had over the past previous years, I can guarantee you this Chiefs team would not be 5 and 1. Probably wouldn't even be 4 and 2 if we're being honest. Uh now, am I out on the Chiefs like I am on the Cowboys and Chargers? Obviously not. I have a lot of faith in Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes to figure out what the issues are. And I mean, the issue is, is they don't have any wide receivers that they fully trust. It's Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Kelsey had an, another incredible game with uh, Taylor Swift in the building again. He had nine catches for 124 yards on the day. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the rookie Rishi Rice to really kind of take over as the number one wide receiver in this unit, but right now it's Travis Kelsey and then just kind of a bunch of guys out there on offense. They, they need someone to step up badly if this team wants to contend because right now, in a way, it's like the Cowboys. I have way more faith in the Chiefs' offense to get things going, but their defense is the one doing all of the heavy lifting right now. Like Only scoring 19 against the Broncos is absurd. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of weird play calling by Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid just wanted to try some new things because he knew that this was going to be a win. Uh it was close, though. The The Broncos were almost in this, uh, kind of not really. I mean, it was one of those games where it was kind of close the entire game just because the Chiefs couldn't score, but uh, the Broncos were just kind of there. They showed up, I guess. Um, was the worst their offense has looked all season. Russ was 13 of 22 for 95 yards. One TD, two interceptions. He also had a... Oh, I thought he had a fumble. That might have been the other game. Either way, um, not great. Not great for the Broncos. The Broncos are definitely the worst team in the league right now, and I think that they are actively trying to tank. A clip of Sean Payton when he obviously wasn't the coach of the Broncos yet was talking about how teams will tank for Caleb Williams, and he is that special of a guy. And... Uh, 
Since then, the Broncos, Randy Gregory is now a Niner. Frank Clark has since been released, and there has been rumors that Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton or both might get traded. Uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Uh, but this is this is a very, very bad year to be a Broncos fan. And, I mean, if we just look up their upcoming schedule, they got the Packers, the Chiefs again, a bye, and then Bills, Vikings, Browns, Texans, Chargers, Lions, Patriots, Chargers, Raiders. They got winnable games against the Vikings if Justin Jefferson isn't playing. Oh, man, that's a that's the Sunday night football game. Week 11, Broncos versus the Vikings. What a terrible, terrible Sunday night game. Ah, uh, and then, yeah, maybe they can beat the Patriots. Oh, that's another Sunday night game. What are we doing here, NFL? Patriots-Broncos, what a smelly game. Ah, uh, Either way, we, we can move on from this game. The Broncos are just not good. Uh, moving on to the Sunday slate. Uh, another London game here. Ravens 24, Titans 16. Uh, the Ravens the Ravens are in a weird, weird territory for me right now. Do I think that they're still contenders? Not right now. Uh, based off what we've seen, the offense hasn't been in sync. The defense has been hurt, looking like they're getting back into form now. But I just need to see the Ravens just beat the bricks off someone. I They just haven't yet this season. They've been close. I mean, they should have done it against the Steelers two weeks ago when their wide receivers had the worst game of the century. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready to see this Ravens team really beat someone haven't seen it yet and until then they're just kind of in they're a top 10 team in football but right now they're in like the Jags conversation for me the Chargers the Cowboys that kind of level I need to see it from them before I truly believe it uh was a good game though was a good game was a great game I should say from Justin Tucker uh all of the London fans absolutely loved seeing the greatest kicker of all time go six for six in field goals. Um, yeah, truly not a lot happened in this game. Lamar Lamar had a good thing or a good game. Mark Andrews, A. Flowers did their thing. They can't get a running game going if your name isn't Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah, I just need to see the Ravens really get it going. I think they play the Lions this coming week, so I doubt we'll see it. I doubt we'll see it this week, but yeah, they got Lions this week, and then we got the Cardinals. The Cardinals should be a game where let's see a win by 20. Um, on the Titans side, though, uh, Ryan Tannehill left the game with an ankle injury. Might be for the best, might be best to just be like, Let's move on from Ryan Tannehill. This is kind of, I think the Titans should realize that, hey, this isn't our year. This isn't a year that we're going to be a playoffs or, or or compete for the division. Right now, I think that they're firmly the third best team in that division with the Texans being ahead of them. As of right now, anyways, the Titans defense is still good. The Titans defense is still very good, I guess, but good. It's solid. Um... It's just the offense. The offense is old. K 
can't really get much done. Uh, and with Ryan Tannehill being out, in comes Malik Willis. Uh, what was he, a third-round pick last year? Looked absolutely terrible last year. Uh, looked okay. Uh, and I say okay with kind of the most okayest way possible. Uh, came in, he moved the ball kind of well, and then they got into the red zone with a chance to close the gap in the game, and he took like four straight sacks. He just was allergic to throwing the ball away. I did not understand it whatsoever. Uh, like, he only dropped back to pass five times, or I guess eight times, and he got sacked four times. Uh, not great from Willis. Uh, maybe Will Levis will be active for the first time this year. Uh, he should be if Tannehill's out for the foreseeable future anyways. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if Willis struggles, I guess put Levis in. Uh, see what you got with these young guys. Because the offense has, like, I mean, it has pieces. They're older pieces, like Derrick Henry... He flashes old Tractor Cito. I mean, he did he did play really well. I mean, 12 carries for 97 yards uh, and a touchdown. Uh, they need to get Ty J Spears more involved. He has been very good in his limited touches so far. They really do have a good uh, thunder and lightning duo going right now. It's just whether or not the offense can stay on the field for them to be able to run two running back sets like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just straight up not the Titans here. Uh, and I think most people knew this going into the year, but time to move on from Tannehill. Time to see what you have in these young guys. I mean, I wouldn't play Tannehill even if he comes back for the rest of the year. What's the point? He's a free agent next year anyways. Let him move on. Let him be a bridge quarterback for some other team. Uh, yeah. Uh, we shall keep going. Next game up, Commanders 24, Falcons 16. Another just smelly, smelly game. Uh, and we'll get to the Falcons. Let's start off with the Commanders. This is a game that the Commanders had really no business in winning. Uh, they had... I can't do quick mental math, but the Falcons had almost two or more than 200 total yards. Uh, Falcons had more than 200 yards total than the commanders on the day. Uh, they were penalized less the time of possession Falcons, 36 minutes uh, Washington, 23 this was the Falcons game, uh, and if it wasn't for Desmond Ritter being an absolutely terrible quarterback, Falcons win this game easy. Uh, let's talk about the Commanders just a little bit, though. Uh, and with that, not really much to talk about. They were very okay. They got the win, and that's what matters. Um... They had, and yeah, they, like the Falcons just kept giving them great opportunities and special teams, I should say too, because they did have a big punt return from Jamison Crowder that got them in the red zone and then Ritter helped them out the other three times there with his three interceptions. Uh, Sam Howell, three touchdowns on the day though. Good for him. Still got sacked five times. He is continuing to be the most sacked quarterback 
in NFL history, basically. He is on pace to smash David Carr's record when he was on the Texans, when the Texans were an expansion team and they were just terrible all across the board. Uh, I think Cowell's on pace for like 90-something sacks and Carr in that year was like 70-something. So, and it's not all on the offensive line. Sam Howell takes terrible sacks very often. Um, Yeah, but good on the Commanders for winning this game, keeping their playoff dreams alive. Uh, The Falcons, though. Desmond Ritter, another 300-yard performance, finally lost a home game in his career. Uh, yeah, three interceptions on the day, three bad interceptions on the day. And you can't tell me that if Taylor Heineke was in this game, they don't win. Uh, I have a list of quarterbacks and just backup quarterbacks that I would play above Desmond Ritter right now if I were the Falcons. Starting off with their own backup, Taylor Heineke, better better than Desmond Ritter. Tyler Huntley, the Ravens backup, better than Desmond Ritter. Sam Darnold, better. Uh, Josh Dobbs, I'm counting him as a backup quarterback because Kyler will come back, take over that starting job. Josh Dobbs, way better than fucking Desmond Ritter. Andy Dalton, I would take him a million times over Desmond Ritter. Davis Mills, yeah, bet your ass I would. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, 100%. Trey Lance, I would love to see what Trey Lance can do in this Falcons offense, given how mobile he is. Drew Locke, yep. Gardner Minshew, yep. Mitch Trubisky, yep. Tyrod Taylor, uh uh-huh. And Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think Desmond Ritter's a top 40 quarterback in the NFL. I think he is in a very good offense, and I think Arthur Smith is a good offensive coach and offensive play caller. Just Desmond Ritter is not a good quarterback, not a top 40 quarterback in this league. I don't think that that's hot of a take. This might be something that I clip out. Uh, Desmond Ritter, not a top 40 QB in the NFL right now. This leaves so much to be desired on the field. Uh, I, let's let's talk about, but he did get his guys involved, though. Drake London had a very good game, nine receptions for 125 yards. Uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, four for 43 and a touchdown. He's finally looking like he's getting back involved in the passing game, uh, which is good. Kyle Pitts is an absolute monster when he gets the ball in his hands. But uh, I don't know, man. Like the Falcons, I like the Falcons. I think this is a good Falcons roster, but you got to figure out the quarterback. It all starts there. Desmond Ritter, not the guy. Please put literally anybody else in. Please, I am begging you. Uh, last note from this, Arthur Smith is a terrorist for giving Tyler Algier the same amount of touches as Bijan Robinson carrying the football. That needs to change. Just my two cents. Uh, next game up, we got an upset. Niners 17, Browns 19. Uh, this was sloppy, sloppy play across the board from both teams. Uh, Let's start off with the Browns, though. This Browns defense is currently the best in the NFL. I think through five games, they've allowed just over 1,000 yards of of offense uh, through five games, which is the lowest total in the last 50 years. Uh, 
Browns, very good defense. Jim Schwartz, absolute home run hire for them right now. Uh, And if it wasn't for their offense being, I mean, not having a quarterback because Watson didn't play because he's a giant pussy. But uh, even if he was in there, I don't think he would have done that much better than P.J. Walker. They probably would have won by more than two and the or and the Niners wouldn't have had a chance to win the game at the end. But uh, yeah, PJ Walker was the quarterback on the day going 18 of 34 for 192 yards, two interceptions. Uh, yeah, but the Browns defense is absolutely phenomenal. They're playing lights out uh, and they just flat out stopped this Niners team. And I mean, you can, say, oh, it was another bad weather game, and, oh, the Niners lost CMC for not even the back half, but, like, the back quarter of the game. They lost Debo earlier, too, but this is a game that the Niners shouldn't lose just in general, and when Brock loses Debo and CMC plus bad weather, was Brock... Purdy's worst game of his career so far. Um, okay, so bit of technical difficulty. So I cut off where I was about to sneeze because I was being a nice person. And then I forgot to unmute my mic again. So the whole second po- half of the podcast was just silent. And I was just talking to no one, apparently. So uh, we were at the Niners-Browns game. I think I'm done with it. I don't know where I was, where I'd leave it off, but we'll move on. Uh, Next game up, Saints 13, Texans 20. Uh, Let's start with the Texans, obviously, since they were the winning team. Texans 3-3. They are a frisky and fun team. I think this is something that not a lot of people expected at the start of the season. C.J. Stroud, playing very good football, had his first interception of the year. Uh, not a bad thing, not a bad thing, because you, you know in the back of his mind he was thinking like, oh, I still have this perfect streak going, blah, blah, blah. He's done it now, he'll play loose, I'm sure he was playing loose regardless, probably wasn't even thinking about it, but is what it is. Uh, Texans defense, though, I give a lot of credit to D'Amico for having this defense play scrappy and tough week in, week out, when they're only real premier player that they have is rookie Will Anderson, uh, obviously second-year player Jalen Petrie, also very good, and they have a lot of other like good, solid players on that defense, but no no special talents outside of Will Anderson and Jalen Petrie, and I wouldn't even put Jalen Petrie in the special, uh, special players category, but Texans playing, playing hard. Do I think that they have an outside shot at playoffs? I sincerely doubt it, but this is going to be a competitive team week in, week out. Texans aren't an easy win on the schedule anymore. That's for damn sure. Uh, The Saints, on the other hand, are the most mid of mid teams you could possibly mid. Uh, They're kind of like what the Patriots have been the last couple years. I just... They got a couple nice pieces, nice, pretty nice defense, but at the end of the day... It's just kind of an unserious older roster that won't compete because of the quarterback they have in place and the coaching. Uh, yeah, with that being said, Saints are also 3-3 three and three right now, tied 
only, I think they're half a game out of the division lead for uh, for the NFC South. So you can't count the Saints out. Saints are going to be around because the NFC South is so bad and just it is what it is. But I mean, Saints, Saints are, again, like the Texans for many different reasons, are going to be a tough team to play against every single week just because they are, they have good players. They are a fairly decent roster, but... They're just mid. They're not building anymore. This is kind of their plateau where the Texans are. This is kind of their, like, floor, and the sky's the limit from here on out. Uh, Not much really to say about the Saints, so we will keep moving on. Next game up, Panthers 21, Dolphins 42. Uh, The Dolphins spotted the Panthers 14 points and a full quarter of football. And we still ended up winning by 21. And that was with Mike White coming in in backup relief duties because we were up so much and throwing a pick six on his one pass attempt. Um, Dolphins are really good. Dolphins offense is spectacular. One of the best, I mean, the best offense of the last 20 years so far uh, through the season. I mean... Tyree Kill is on pace for, I think, 2,300 yards. He's only 186 away from breaking 1,000 yards. And we're on to week seven now. And he's only 186 yards away from breaking 1,000. He is well on pace to breaking 2,000. Tua is leading every major statistical category for QBs almost. He is having an MVP season right now. He is the MVP front runner. Our run game is electric, even with A-Chan out. Mostert did what he did at the start of the year, and he's a different running back this year. He is different from when he was in San Francisco and when he was on the Dolphins last year. He still has his burst and his elite speed, but he bulked up, and you can see the difference now in his power running game. Uh, he's really hit another level to this game, and I love it. The offensive line playing well, doing its thing. Uh Defense played pretty good in this game, but when you're playing the Panthers, that's that's kind of what I expect. Uh, on to the Panthers' offense, though. It's just Bryce Young tossing to Adam Thielen, and that's quite literally it. 33-year-old Adam Thielen is the only NFL-caliber wide receiver on this team currently. Uh, so not great. Not great when a guy like that is your entire offense. Doesn't help your young rookie QB out whatsoever. Uh, Bryce Young, though, this is kind of my first full game watching him. He's not the issue. Bryce Young is a good quarterback. Bryce Young will figure it out, and he has been pretty good. They just they need someone else in the mix to make sure it's not just Adam Thielen, the only one running the offense, essentially. Uh, with Miles Sander out, too, Chuba Hubbard had a nice game. Uh, he had, I think, 18 carries. Let's see if I remember that right. Because obviously, I did this all already. Uh, 19 carries for 88 yards, one touchdown. So, with Miles Sanders out, Miles Sanders looks like one of the biggest free agency busts of the season. Chuba Hubbard getting it done. Uh, yeah, but in terms of finding Bryce Young, another pass catcher, the hypothetical trade that I have seen thrown around is... Brian Burns to the Lions for Jamison Williams, a first-round pick, and a second-round pick. Now, obviously, Brian Burns has been 
actively not traded by the Panthers multiple times so far, and I'm pretty sure the Rams were giving up two first-round picks for him at some point. Um, They said no, but now we're at a spot where the Panthers are nowhere near where they thought they'd be after picking Bryce Young. The offense is nowhere, like, just nowhere close to where it needs to be. Uh, and... Brian Burns at this point, why would you want to re-sign Carolina for the next five, six years when you're going to be rebuilding for most of the time anyways? Uh, So if Brian Burns doesn't want to stay a Panther, which is very fair, it's his right, uh, why not move him for a guy like Jamison Williams, who was Bryce Young's running mate back at Alabama, get him some familiarity there, uh... And Jameson Williams did did have a pretty good game last week. It looks like he has his burst and his speed back and uh, all great things. And we'll talk about more when we get to the Lions game there. But I don't know. That's a trade that I would consider, definitely. Because uh, right now it's about evolving the offense, getting everyone comfortable, and then going from there. The defense is going to take its steps back. It is what it is. But... Uh, yeah, that's a trade that, I don't know, I think that that would be intriguing, to say the least. Uh, we can move off from this game, though. Moving on, next game up, we have, oh my god, uh, Seahawks-Bengals, Seahawks 13, Bengals 17. This was just basically like a high-class Commanders-Falcons game. Uh, the Seahawks had... Uh, 381 total yards to the Bengals, 214. They had 34 minutes, time of, time of possession. Bengals only had 26. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Seahawks just flat out lost this game rather than the Bengals winning this game. Uh, let's start with the Bengals, though. Not a great game offensively, and for the Bengals, I mean, we're six weeks into the season now, and they've had one good offensive performance so far for the year. Uh, relatively quiet day for for Jamar Chase. Six catches for 80 yards. I think 60 of those yards came in the first half or first quarter, I believe, and then kind of got shut down for the rest of the game by the Seattle defense. I'm pretty sure that Reek Woolen was covering him for most of the time, so very good matchup there. Uh, but yeah, Bengals' offense could not get it going, as it's kind of been the story for this season. But lucky enough, Lou and Anarumo and this defense is here to rescue them, as they do in most playoff appearances so far. Uh, yeah, I mean, I still like this Bengals team. I put the Bengals in my top 10 in the power rankings now, just of more, not obviously from what we've seen so far in the season, but what I believe this Bengals team can be and should be. At some point, they have the bye next week, so another week of Burrow getting healthier, another week of Higgins getting healthier. It should be better. Then they open up against the Niners in Week 8, but that's a whole other story. We'll get to that game when we get to that game in two weeks, I guess. But, uh, yeah, the Bengals' defense saved the day like they usually do. Uh, Seattle, on the other hand, just atrocious in the red zone. They had multiple opportunities to score points, and they floundered them all. I think they were like one for five in the red zone attempts. Not great whatsoever. Uh, And weird, considering all of the weapons that they have at their disposal. I mean, Kenneth Walker out of the backfield, D. 
DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba. All very, very good weapons, and this is what we get. Uh, It's not great. needs to be better. Obviously, Geno Smith is kind of... He is who we think he is. He's a game manager. Nothing wrong with that, but still not great regardless. Um, Yeah, I still like Seattle, and I like their outlook for the rest of the season, but just this was a sloppy game on both sides, if we're being honest. Uh, So we will keep moving. Next game up, uh, Colts 20, Jags 37 was a big Jags defensive performance, forcing four turnovers on the day. All four turnovers came from Gardner Minshew, three interceptions, one fumble lost. Uh, Yeah, the Jags defense just did what they should do against an inferior team like the Colts. Uh, Stepped up at home, played well. They shut down this running attack of the Colts. Uh, Zach Moss, only seven carries for 21 yards on the day. Jonathan Taylor, not much better. Eight carries for 19 yards. Zach Moss had a touchdown on the day. But yeah, it was, it was all, it was all Jags. Jags never in doubt. Uh, offense didn't do too much because the defense kept, kept putting them in short field situations there. Uh, Travis Etienne scored two touchdowns in the span of like 16 seconds or something crazy like that. Uh, which is absolutely nuts. Uh, yeah. Uh, Colts on the other side, though. Gardner Minshew uh, attempted to pa- or throw the ball 55 times, was 33 of 55 for 329, one passing touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, his return to Jacksonville was not a glorious return, uh, but it's kind of on, on par for what he did uh, for those Jacksonville teams was... Lose games in Jacksonville. We all love Minshew Mania, but he played well. The team did not play well when Minshew Mania was a thing. Uh, I guess last note for the Colts, though, is rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson is out for the rest of the year with that shoulder injury. Really, really sucks. Uh, He looked like he was going to be a really dynamic player. This should easily put the Colts picking in the top 10, maybe even the top 5 if things trail off, but... I like Shane Steichen as the coach. I think this defense is playing well. I don't think that they'll pick top five when you look at teams like the Panthers and the Bears and the Cardinals and the Patriots and the Broncos. Uh, They're not as bad as those teams. So, But yeah, Colts are going to be fighting an uphill battle for the rest of the season uh, without Anthony Richardson there. Uh, I'm happy that Minshew is going to be a starting quarterback, though, for the rest of the year. Uh, we shall keep moving on. Next game up, another snooze fest. Uh, Vikings 19, Bears 13. Uh, Vikings offense looked terrible without Justin Jefferson, which we all should have known. Rookie Jordan Addison caught, uh, caught their lone touchdown of the day on offense because who was it? Jordan Hicks had an interception Ooh, was it a fumble? Was it a scoop and score? Was it a pick six? I forget. Uh, either way, I don't really care. This game stunk. Uh, these are two irrelevant teams. Uh, Vikings um, think that Marcus Davenport is out for 
at least a month with... I don't even know what his injury... I did this already, and I still don't know what his injury was. Let me let me go check that out. But Vikings should be looking to sell, even though they now have two wins on the season. They're just not a good team, and that's fine. And if you can move guys and try to build on this defense uh, for the future, I don't know what... Like, someone would give up a first-round pick for a guy like Daniil Hunter, uh, who is leading the league in sacks right now. Uh, Marcus Davenport has an ankle injury, but yeah, not a good Vikings team. Bears, on the other hand, Justin Fields leaves with a thumb injury. Uh, it's not like he was really good in this game anyways. In his limited snaps, he was 6 for 10 for 58 yards in an interception. He was sacked four times. Uh, yeah, so rookie QB Tyson Badgen out of Shepherd College, which is a Div 2 school in West Virginia. Uh, he played okay, all things considered, for a rookie Div 2 quarterback. 10 for 14 for 83 yards, one interception. The interception, though, he got hit as he was throwing, and that's why the release was bad, but uh, is what it is. This Bears team, though, it looks like they might be positioned to pick Caleb Williams if it comes down to that. Uh, I think that Justin Fields has not shown enough for them to not pick someone like Caleb Williams if they do have the first overall pick. Uh, Get Justin Fields to Atlanta, because Desmond Ritter, I mean, I listed all those quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter flat out stinks. Simple as that. Uh, Yeah, Bears... Bears are bad. Don't think there is much else to say, so we will keep moving on. Speaking about more bad teams, Patriots 17, Raiders 21. Uh, I don't even know where to start with this game, man. Uh, Let's see, do I have? Yeah. The Raiders, I mean, I'll start with they were driving down the field, scored a touchdown, were driving down the field again, and then Jabril Peppers had one of the nicest hits I have seen in the NFL in quite a long time, absolutely crunched Devontae Adams. Adams was out for the rest of the game. Uh, and that was kind of a turning point. Uh, Pats got back in it a little bit, but uh, with the Raiders were too much for them to overcome. And even with Jimmy G leaving the game with a back injury, Brian Hoyer, Brian Axel Hoyer, Hoyer the Destroyer, uh, he was too much. And when I say he was too much, he was... Six, six for 10. Do I remember that right? Six for 10, 102 yards. Way to go, Brian Hoyer. Um, shout out to rookie Michael Mayer. I didn't say this the first time I did this, but he had five catches for 75 yards. He looks like he's becoming more of a focal point for that offense, which they definitely need. They need more pass catchers coming alive for the Raiders. But I mean, uh, there was too many revenge games for the Patriots to overcome whether it be a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Brian Hoyer, a Jacoby Myers, Josh McDaniels, and Adam Butler, who was mad at Bill Belichick after the game for shrugging him off and not, like, saying hi or whatever. Uh, You're not that guy, pal. Simple enough. Uh, Patriots on the other side. Uh, Not a good football team. Uh think it's easy to say. Mac Jones did have an absolute dot to Devontae Parker, hit him right in the hands, and 
dropped it. Parker, after the game, said that, oh, the catch went off his fingertips. Nope. That was a perfect ball by Mac Jones, uh, dropped by him. Would have put them in scoring range anyways. Uh, Then Mac follows that up with a very, very, very bad interception. And then to end the game, takes a safety, and that made the Raiders cover the spread. Uh, Yeah, Patriots offense just flat out stinks. Uh, I think the only true pass catcher they have is a guy like Kendrick Bourne, who like a low end wide receiver too. And like that's the thing and he's their he's their best weapon. Uh sad day. Sad day for Pats fans. Uh this is not Tom Brady isn't coming out of retirement to rescue you guys. This is it. Welcome to normal NFL fandom with ebbs and flows. Your 20 year run is done. I mean it was done in 2019 when Brady left, but now you know it's officially done you will be picking in the top seven picks probably next year. Uh, One last note, though, on the Patriots. They signed a guy like Mike Gusecki in the offseason from Miami, who Mike Gusecki, very athletic, fast, mobile, just an athlete, good good jump ball receiver, good at contested catches. Uh, But... The Patriots just got rid of a guy exactly like that in Jonu Smith, who they gave a big contract to. Couldn't figure out for three seasons how to use him properly. And then get rid of Jonu Smith, sign Mike Gusecki, and they don't know how to use Mike Gusecki whatsoever. Uh, Just another bonehead move by Bill the GM. Uh, And on that safety play, Mike Gusecki was asked to block Max Crosby Max Crosby just went right by him, then right by the tackle, sacked Mac Jones for the safety. That was the game. Max Crosby is also just absolutely fantastic. Uh, Definitely, definitely a top five edge rusher. Playing himself into that premier group with Watt and Garrett and Parsons and Bosa. And now I think Crosby, Crosby is close to putting himself in that conversation with those guys. Uh, We'll keep going though. Lions 20, Buccaneers 6. The Lions are a top three team in the NFL, according to me, which I'm the smartest man when it comes to football, obviously. I have a podcast. Only smart people have podcasts. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the Lions are just flat out a very, very good team. Offense was doing its thing again. Only 20 points on the day, but... uh, David Montgomery left with uh, a rib injury early. It looks like he's going to be out for the next one or two weeks. Jared Goff, though, on the day, 30 of 44, 353 yards, two passing touchdowns. Amon Ross St. Brown had a hell of a day, too. 12 catches for 124 yards, one, uh, one touchdown. And his touchdown, an absolutely great block by Craig Reynolds, who fly like came in out of nowhere to set up that block that was the reason Amon Ra got that TD. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. This is this is the Lions offense that is very, very good, and Jamison Williams looks like he is back in the mix now. He caught a long TD pass of 45, uh, a 45-yard TV, TD. He had two catches for 53 yards and a touchdown on the day. 
Uh, but again, I was saying it with the Panthers. He looks like he is back. He looks like he is elusive. He looks like he's got his top speed back again. So I am interested to see working him more into the mix here, how explosive this Lions offense could truly be. Gibbs didn't play in this game. Gibbs is back this week. So once Gibbs and Monty and Laporta and Amon Ra and JMO, it should be a very, very, very fun offense. Uh, it's just great that the Lions, I mean, have the Lions ever been a top three or ever been considered to be a top three team in the NFL at any point during their entire run of their franchise? Like, that's actually, like, an honest question. Like, that's probably not, Um, which is wild, but great on Dan Campbell for getting these guys fighting and working hard every single day. Offensive coordinator Ben Johnson is going to be a future head coach somewhere next year. Uh, he is crushing it, and defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn has really turned this defensive unit around. They have been very impressive. Uh, Lions are a very good team. Very good team. They are a contending team. Watch out for the Lions. Um, Buccaneers on the other side, though, they're solid. The defense is playing well. I mean, they only held the Lions to 20 points, which is pretty damn good. Uh... But, yeah, I don't think there's much really to say about the Buccaneers other than I thought this team had the potential to be, like, a bottom five team in the NFL. And I think that was more like, ah, Baker's looks so off. I don't like the def- like the coaching staff and whatever. But the personnel and the roster is still very talented. This is a team that just won a Super Bowl three seasons ago. And most of those guys are still on the roster. Very talented team, uh, but yeah, they're just simply not in the class of a Dolphins or a Chiefs or a Lions or a Niners or a Bills or an Eagles. They're the best team in the NFC South right now, not really saying a lot, but uh, yeah, uh, great for Baker Mayfield. He's been looking good. He looks solid in this game. I think his one interception was a tip ball at the line. And if that ball wasn't tipped, that was going to be an absolute home run shot to Mike Evans for a touchdown. Uh, the Buccaneers are scrappy. I think that's all you can say. The Buccaneers are a scrappy, scrappy, decent team. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do for the rest of the year, but that division is wide open. I think the Bucks and the Falcons play each other this week. That should be a fun game. I mean, fun in air quotes. Um, Yeah, let's keep going. Uh, Next game up, Cardinals 9, Rams 26. Uh, The Cardinals actually were winning this game at half 9-6. Matt Prater still doing Matt Prater things, kicking absolute nukes uh, with his leg. But let's talk about the Rams here. Uh, Cooper Cup is back, back. Seven catches for 148 yards, one touchdown. Uh, people like to doubt him, I think just mainly because he's white. <laughs> um, but Cooper Cup is a top three receiver in the NFL, or he is firmly in that top tier of wide receivers in the league. He is very, very special. Uh, Kyron Williams had a hell of a day too. 20 carries for 150 Eight yards, 7.9 average, one touchdown. He is, though, out with an ankle sprain. He looks like he's going to miss the next one or two weeks. Uh, And rookie phenom Puka Nakua had kind of a comeback down-to-earth game. Only four catches for 26 yards. I think he did drop a touchdown, though. 
So fantasy day could have been a lot better, but uh, doesn't matter when you win the game, though. Uh, and yeah, this is kind of like another team that I doubted. I didn't think the Rams were going to be like bottom five bad, but I thought they were going to be like bottom 10 bad. I had no faith in the defense. The defense has played very well. Uh, Raheem Morris is also probably going to be in consideration for a head coaching job next year, too. Uh, yeah, the Rams, the Rams are kind of in that frisky fun territory where I'd put the Texans where they're, they're not like a tough team to beat, but they're not, they're not an easy win. You gotta, you you gotta always come to play against a team like the Rams and like the Texans. Uh, yeah, Cardinals on the other side though, this is just kind of, it is what it is. Uh, they're really competitive in the first half of football games, and then second half, they just kind of don't care. I mean, why would you? I mean, if you can show that, hey, we can stay competitive and then don't make any second half adjustments and then lose, why not? They're still in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes running, and I keep saying Caleb Williams sweepstakes where Drake May is, I think, equally good consolation prize. Like, Drake May would be the QB1 of last year's draft and definitely the 2022 draft would be QB2 in the 2021 draft. Uh, going back to 2020, though, let me see. Uh, he'd be close. I think it would have to be, I mean, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, and then obviously Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts wasn't considered one of those top guys. Drake May would be in the top three. I think it would just become preference at that point. Uh, either way, why are we talking about college? I will actually talk about college at some point. I probably should, because now the NFL Weekly update is less and less, because I usually just talk about the NFL. Not a lot really happens uh, during the weeks now that isn't game-related or team-related. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I spent nothing talking about the Cardinals. Uh, let's talk about the Cardinals for a little bit. The Kyler Murray is looking to be back. I think timetable is around week 8 to week 12. That's kind of the range that uh, he's given himself. Cardinals could win three, four games when she, once he gets back. I think that this offense has looked pretty good at some points, and uh, Kyler is obviously a way better talent at quarterback than Josh Dobbs. They'll get James Conner back uh, around that point, too. And we saw the connection that Kyler had with Hollywood when they were both healthy health, healthy last year. Uh, again, I don't think when Kyler comes back, oh, they're going to suddenly be like a good team. But they'll be better than what they are now. That's for damn sure. I think that they, I think that Kyler Murray is a cardinal to stay. Uh, would be tough to move his contract regardless. But uh, yeah, let's, let's keep moving though. Uh, Next game up, we got another uh, upset here. Eagles 14, Jets 20. This Jets defense is so fucking good. Robert Sala gets these guys up, playing hard, and they didn't have their two starting corners in the game. Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed both inactive, uh, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter whatsoever. Um Eagles just stunk. They just flat out stunk this game. And we'll get to the Eagles, don't you worry. But uh, let's talk about the Jets, though. Like, it wasn't even... 
like it wasn't the offense. The offense did absolutely jack shit in this game. Zach Wilson, 19 of 33, 186 yards. No turnovers on the day, though, for Zach Wilson, though. So this is one of Zach Wilson's better games of his career because he didn't have any turnovers in it. Good for Zach Wilson. Every week he's learning, getting better seemingly. Uh, he doesn't look like he's the worst quarterback in football. That belongs to Desmond Ritter. Uh Brees Hall, only 12 carries on the day for 39 yards and a touchdown. Garrett Wilson had a pretty good day, though. Eight catches for 90 yards. This defense, though, was just... I don't get it. I don't get it. Their two starting corners were out, and this Eagles offense that was electric last year with basically the same personnel that they have now with a better running game because I would take DeAndre Swift over Miles Sanders 100 times out of 100 uh, but Jalen Hurts on the day, 28 of 45 for only 280 yards, one passing touchdown, three interceptions. Um, just not not good whatsoever. I don't understand how a passing attack with Hurts throwing the ball and A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard uh, doesn't score more points on a Jets secondary without their top two corners playing in the game. Someone explain that to me. Uh, and I know Lane Johnson left the game, and that was a big uh, a big loss for the Eagles. Let me actually see how hurt this man is, because, again, I haven't seen an update on it yet. Roster. Bing, bang, boom. Offensive line. Lane Qu- Johnson questionable with an ankle. He has a sprained ankle. Uh, I think he should be good for the game against the Dolphins on Sunday, uh, probably, but uh, that was a big loss for them in the game. But it shouldn't have mattered. It should not have mattered. Uh, I don't know what it is with Brian Johnson and the way that he's calling plays, but Shane Steichen was clearly the mastermind behind this offense last year because I've been saying it every week. It's like, this is still a very good Eagles team, but this is... Not the same Eagles team from last year. This offense does not look as good as it did last year. Their front seven is still incredible on defense. The secondary is a little weaker weaker now. Uh, and yeah, for the first time this season, the Eagles fell out of my top five in the uh, my NFL power rankings. Yeah, uh, should have been. And I mean, yeah, I saw, oh, the Jets are going to be without their two starting corners. And I was like, hammer hammer the Eagles. This should be like the defense did its job and we'll be able to stop Zach Wilson in the offense. And I just thought that Jalen Hurts would be better. Uh, And he just, he was not, it was not, not a good game. It was a sad performance, sad performance by the Eagles. Uh, But now they'll be pissed off and hungry to play us on Sunday night. And I can't fucking wait. Uh, Last game up on the day. Worst game of the slate, Bills 14, Giants 9. The Giants were winning this game for like 75% of the game. I don't know how, but let's talk about the Bills first, and I've got some concerns. So, obviously their defense didn't really get tested with uh, Daquan Jones and Matt Milano and Trey White all out because the Giants offense is just that fucking smelly. Uh, however, this is a Giants team that has given up, oh, actually, do I still have that open? 
yes, I do. The Giants are giving up. Almost 28 points a game this year, and all the Bills managed to muster up was 14 in the last quarter to barely win. Uh, this is kind of what the issue was with the offense last year, is it becomes one-dimensional. Josh Allen has to play hero ball because it's throw to Diggs or throw to no one. Kind of, kind of is what it is. Uh, Gabe Davis just is... He stinks. I mean, he flashes and makes some really wow plays, and then he'll catch the ball, or he'll just drop, loves to drop the ball. He had a catch where he made a guy miss and then fumbled the ball. You need someone way more reliable as your wide receiver, too. And I think going into the draft uh, this past April, the Bills really wanted one of these four round one grade wide receivers in... Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, or Quinton Johnson. They got none of them and decided to settle on a guy like Dalton Kincaid. I really like Dalton Kincaid, but the Bills clearly did not have a plan on how to use Kincaid and Knox in the offense at the same time. Because Knox in his own right is a average tight end, above average tight end. Just solid all around, really. Uh... And I thought Kincaid was going to kind of just, like, they said in the offseason, we're just going to play him as, like, our slot receiver. They are not. Kincaid was inactive in this game uh, with an injury, but they desperately wanted one of these other receivers, and it has just not worked. Uh, now, I don't know if they need to kind of change up their philosophy a little bit here uh, and running the ball a little bit more because James Cook has been fairly good on the ground. Uh, they brought in... Leonard Fournette on a tryout, so that's interesting. Uh, oh yeah, last thing about the Eagles, uh, they signed Julio Jones today. Cool, absolutely nuts. Uh, Julio Jones, wide receiver three for the Eagles uh, until he tweaks his hammy again. Uh, I guess we'll see what he can do. I mean, he hasn't played football in a while now, so let's see how healthy he is. I think this could be a big... No, I, I'm not even going to call it a big boost. I'm in, like, my Julio Jones is still Julio, one of the best receivers of all time. But uh, Cam sent a picture over, and it was Jerry Rice in a Seahawks uniform. But let's let's remember that Jerry Rice had... Uh, what did Jerry Rice have in that Seahawks year? Quick looking up, quick looking up. But... Um, Bills need to figure their shit out, because this should have been a very, very easy win, and they brought it down to the wire, and if it wasn't for a non-PI call on, I don't know what defender it was, but on Darren Waller, that would have given them one more untimed down at the one, they could have lost the game. Obviously, hypotheticals, doesn't matter, Bills still won, W's a W, but this should have been a lot easier. Uh, Giants, on the other hand, oh yeah, let's. I have Jerry Rice here. Jerry Rice... In his Seattle, he had 25 catches for 362 yards. Oh, yeah, no, it was Oakland where he... Man, Jerry Rice was so fucking good. Um, yeah, uh, let's finish it off with the Giants, though. I don't really know what there is to say. Like, they're just not a good team. Saquon's doing everything he can, but uh, that's not enough. 
Tyrod played pretty good in this game, 24 of 36, 200 yards. Big bonehead mistake, though, at the end of the first half. Uh, Giants had it on the two-yard line, or close to the goal line anyways, and uh, Tyrod, they didn't have any timeouts, and Tyrod audibles to a run. Saquon runs it, no touchdown, and then... uh, Saquon runs it, no touchdown. They couldn't spike the ball to stop the clock, and that's the half. Brian Dable chewed chewed him up badly, as he should have. He was very mad when they were heading to the locker room uh, at half there, uh, as they should, because, I mean, this came down to being a one-score game. Um, and they would have had two shots at the end zone, probably, if they don't run it. So, yeah, just mistakes by the Giants, but the Giants aren't a good team, I think it's just it's just not it's it's not your year. It's not your year. You got your playoff win last year, which was absolutely nuts. But uh, yeah, Giants Giants aren't a good team. I don't know what else there really is to say. And I'm doing this for second time now, so we will leave it here. Uh, hopefully, this recorded everything the way it's supposed to. I am very tired. I just want to watch TV and chill out for the rest of the night. Um, yeah, big game for it's it's a better slate of games this week. I know Dolphins, Dolphins, Eagles Sunday night is going to be a very good game, and then we got games like the Lions and Ravens, which should be great. Ra- Ra- Ravens minus three, interesting, uh, and then another good game. I mean, Chargers Chiefs should be a fun one. Uh, other than that, not really a lot going on, but, uh, we will end it here. If you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.